Today, I'm interviewing our family tennis instructor, Coach Bruce. We met in the lobby of the tennis club, laughing about our life, the kids, <laughs> when he showed me a picture of his children. Now, the first thing he said is, no, these aren't my grandchildren. These are my kids. And with the happiest look on his face, he said, I'm so thankful for second chances. Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants and get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. So Coach Bruce, thanks for hanging out with me today. Hey, this is great. I'm really excited. Me too. I think they're what, 10 months old and three years old. Is that right, Bruce? That's right. Yeah, my son Eddie is 11 months actually today. And Grace, Leanne Grace, is uh, three years, and as she likes to say, fixing to be four years old. Oh, just like any Southern girl. That's right. That's definitely a word. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about your background and how this second chance presented itself. Um, Well, originally, I was a uh, paramedic and a firefighter in Florida, actually on Fort Myers Beach. And I spent a lot of years doing that. And I was married at the time and um, had a couple of kids. And, you know, I was kind of stuck in the the whole corporate, although it was, you know, public service. I wanted to be the fire chief. As a paramedic, I worked unbelievable hours, you know, 48 hours in a row, a lot of days with a 24-hour day off. And then still didn't see my kids because they were in school. And I was working so hard to make things better for them that uh, I kind of forgot the one thing that was most important, and that was the time with the kids. And ended up getting divorced, and that just made it even harder because I had to work harder to to support essentially two households at that time. The kids got old really, really fast. And uh, after I retired from the fire department, I started teaching tennis, and then things moved on from there. It really does go fast, doesn't it? it? It was unbelievably fast how quickly they grew up and how much at that point they didn't really want to spend a lot of time with me. You know, I wasn't the good time dad. They weren't. You know, they would come over for the weekend every other weekend, and there wasn't a lot to do. I didn't have the money to take them to the amusement park or any of that kind of stuff, so we just kind of hung around the house and played baseball and stuff like that. But a lot of those days, I had a part-time job. So they would be, and these were, you know, they, the kids were a little older then. They would be on their own for a few hours at least. So less and less did they want to come over, and less and less did we end up spending time together. Thank goodness for second chances. And I'm sure that, you know, kids are very forgiving. (laughs) There's a lot of unconditional love there. But they do say, you know, don't blink. And you really have to, I mean, oftentimes I do that too. I'm like, I just blink for a second. And they grew up. When my kids were little, we had these, we had four kids under seven years old. And I was building a video production company. And my husband, he was starting a software design business and... Oh, my gosh. I was skidding into carpool hot, and I was dropping off second grader, and I had three more car seats. Now, I was dropping off two at preschool, and I had one at work. I don't even. How many kids is that? It's, I think that was 12. <laughs> Pretty sure. Oh, my gosh. And, I mean, I just felt like I was that, um, what was that commercial with the Dunkin' Donuts guy? He's, he's driving down 400, and he actually sees He runs him to himself. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I can believe that. Yeah. Well, that's how it felt. And I just sat there one day and I thought, I just started crying in the parking lot of the kids' preschool. I had racked up a bunch of late fees just showing up late. And the uh, the teacher came in. She came out and she's like, can we talk? And I thought, she doesn't even know me. And she said, I can see you. I see that you're doing your best, but I want you to remember your why. And, oh, that just tore me up because I wasn't sure what my why was anymore. Right. right. I thought I'm doing it for them. Right. Right. But you got to sit back and think, what is your why? What, what was your why on this second go-round? Yeah, for me, the, the why came, you know, I'd been mending the relationship with my kids, um, my first set of kids. And when my current wife and I got together, we had no, no plans whatsoever on having kids. But the longer we were together, the more it kind of morphed into, I'd like to leave a legacy behind. And she, she kind of said to me one day, she said, you know, I'd like to have a mini you, you know. And I thought, well, that's really sweet. Okay. But the, the, the aha moment, I guess, came when Grace was born. When she was born and I was holding her. It's just like something said to me, you know what, this is your second chance. And from then on, I called them my second chance kids. And I vowed then that I was going to change. You know, I was older, so I, I didn't have the issue of climbing the ladder anymore. I didn't feel like that was important. But, you know, making money was still important. And uh, I vowed, you know, I'm going to find a way to make enough money to have a life but to have a life instead of just making money. There's an old Jason Aldean line in one of his songs. I was, I can't remember the exact line, but it was something about, you know, I was making a living, not making a life. And uh, well, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it and it changed me. And I vowed right then that I wasn't going to waste time making money. You can always make more money. You can't make more time, and you certainly can't make more time for little kids. And uh, I've spent almost every day at least eight hours with Grace, other than the time that she's with Grandma and Paul Paul at their house. Oh, that is so sweet. So what does it feel like? I mean, how does it feel, the emotions? Just, you know, waking up every day knowing I've got 86,400 seconds in a day. How do you make it count differently? Well, I think I think it's important to slow down and make 86,000 feel like 860,000. You know, I wake up every day, I get Grace up or she gets up herself and comes out and I sing her the good morning song every day and now she sings that to her little brother when he wakes up. She goes in his room and uh, she sings good morning to him every day. So it helps me kind of slow down and take my time and feel um, that those seconds last a little longer. You know, the other thing that I've done that I think has really made a difference for me is I remember Jim Carrey was in a movie one time and it was all he could say was yes or he decided he was only going to say yes. That's it. There you go. That's me. When it comes to Grace and, the, and uh, her requests, you know, hey, Daddy, can we have a tea party? Yes, we can. And she'll spend an hour getting all of the tea party stuff out and we'll sit on the floor and she pours water from the big tea kettle into the little cups and we may only play for 10 minutes but she's experienced all of that for more than an hour that was something that I could have easily said no honey I don't want to do that right now so I've tried to become the yes man and do as much of that and take that time with her 
that I never took with my other kids. And it makes those 86,000 seconds last a lot longer. So, yes, man. Yep. That's me. I love it. When we were raising all of our kids and we were trying to start two businesses together, I felt there was so much pressure. And I know that there are a lot of moms out there today, and dads included. And by the way, you're my first male interview. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy about that, but I'm also kind of surprised. Ah, yes. Well, I'm one. Um, I'm almost one year in now. Yeah. 45 episodes. Wow. I know that sounds like a baby to some people that have done like 700, but, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about that mom that's listening, you know, during carpool on the way to the grocery store today, and she's thinking, well, how do I slow down? You know, maybe... He's got a second chance, but, you know, he's probably rich. He's probably already made his money, and I'm trying to make a living and establish my identity and, you know, get out there and make my mark. So what is the difference? Because I know a lot of times my grandparents, they're like, my parents are like, slow down. How do I slow down? I've got to get them to school. I've got to do all these things. What would what would you suggest? Like, how do you actually put the brakes on? Well, first, let me say that I'm far from rich, uh, monetarily anyway. I'm rich because I have time with my kids. That's what makes riches to me. And I think that's the mindset that has to change. Yes, you want to make a mark. I understand that. Everybody wants to have some sort of a legacy or a business or something like that. But you have to kind of keep in your head why you're doing that. Are you doing it for the kids? Because I know lots of kids that want nothing to do with their parents' business. They're never interested in it. They didn't want to follow in their footsteps. So all that time that you could have been spending with them, you've spent building something that they're not really interested in having. The other thing I found that helps me with the kids is that everybody has errands to run. Everybody has to go to the grocery store. I try really hard to make that a fun time where all of us go. You know, it's not just run in and get the stuff. I do 99% of the cooking in my family. Um, as a matter of fact, fun story, my wife, when I was gone teaching, as a matter of fact, I was teaching you, the night before I had made some potatoes on the stove and I had butter left over in the pan and I didn't get a chance to clean it. So when she went to make macaroni and cheese for Grace, she turned the wrong burner on and lit the pan on fire. Oh, no. Yes. <laughs> that sounds like me. Yeah, it was... It was uh, Gracie comes in, and, and uh, she told me when I got home, she said, Daddy? I said, Yes, honey. She said, Mommy started the house on fire today. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. She's a snitch. Oh, yeah. That was before <laughs> Whitney ever had a chance to tell me anything. That's what happened. But to make those errands time that I can spend with the kids, you know, we go to the grocery store. I make sure that they get the right cart so we can spend time. I push the kids backwards in the cart all the time. And we race through the store, and I stop, and I get... It's how I taught Grace to turn left and turn right, is pushing her backwards through the grocery store. So she would point, you know, which way is the peanut butter? And she'd go left, and she'd point to the left. So it was it was a fun time. It was a learning experience, but it was a lot of fun for all of us to spend that time together. And the other thing is, I have learned I keep wafers, you know, little baby wafers, in my back pocket all the time when I'm in the store. So that when Eddie starts to get upset, pull one of those out, hand it to him. He's quiet. We can keep going with getting the groceries. Amen. I tell you what, there is, I don't know anybody, you can't trust a car that doesn't have chicken nuggets or Cheerios in the floorboard That's somewhere. That's for sure. He's finally <laughs> figured out the Cheerios. He loves those now. 
You know, that's a great point because I was so focused on building a legacy and creating all this. And in the same time, the kids didn't sign up for this. They didn't sign up for right. this life of, I've got different personalities. There's that, um, what is the uh, Love Languages book? Yes. And you can read about it, and they have it for children also, Gary Chapman. He'll say, like, figure out what is your child's love language. And oftentimes, I was like, go, 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 hurry, hurry. And my third child, when he's rushed, he just starts crying. You know, he was like four years old. He just started crying. His first word was hurry. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I cried. I was so embarrassed. <laughs> you know, it's like mom, dad, and hooey. <laughs> yeah, hooey. We got a hooey mommy. And I thought, you know, he did not sign up for this. This yeah. is not what he wanted. That's right. That's and right. here I am like, yes, I'm going to build this thing for you. And maybe he didn't want that built for That's him. Right. That's right. And so I was thinking off of like what you were saying is maybe we could also automate our life a little bit. I have a lot of friends who do podcasts on systems. Was it Love Your Mom Life is a, a great example of that. But she talks a lot about, hey, just put systems in place. You know, Whole Foods and a lot of these places, you can go get your groceries. They'll deliver it to your house. That's right. There's a lot of things out there we can do. I think sometimes we think motherhood is suffrage. Now, mom's going to be sitting in the car right now going, what? Suffrage? But it's so easy to go, oh, I've got all these things to do. Oh, my life stinks. Oh, you know, I'm the only one. And really, we're the decider. We get to write our own story. But oftentimes, we allow somebody else to write our story. And it's like a popping of you know, chips, those Pringles. Yeah. I can't just eat one. I got to eat a can. stack. Right? Nobody can eat one. And that's how it is. As we tend to complain. Like, oh, there's so much to do. Oh, there's so much going on. You don't even understand. And really, we could write our story and be like, well, you know what? Mama burned up the... <laughs> Almost burned up the house today, yep. but we that's, didn't, you know, right. and that's showing yourself grace. You can laugh about it. I love talking to you because you've been there. You, you're you ahead of some of us in the game, and you're showing us, look, this is what's ahead. <laughs> I hope so. That's why I came down. You know, it was, and, and, you know, I've always been kind of a people person. I mean, in the business that I'm in, you kind of have to be. I mean, I could have easily not said a word to you when we were in the tennis shop, but the personality. I would that you, run you down. You know yeah, that. I know that. Probably. <laughs> I know that now. Um, and I think I said to you on the tennis court, you know, some people come into your life sometimes and it's like you've known them your whole life. And that's what it felt like within 15 minutes of us meeting each other on the tennis court. Now, we still have work to do on your tennis game. Oh, you're telling on me now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's getting better. It's getting better. It is. It is. I'm, you know, I'm kind of hard headed, but, uh, I lost a match today, but I know now what I should be doing. <laughs> well, at least you're learning something from it. That's a good thing. But, yeah, speaking of being ahead of the game, um, I really feel like that, too. I feel like there are a lot of not just moms but dads, too, because I know there are other guys who are staying home with their kids or who want to stay home with their kids, and they're trying to find a way to do that. And guys who are you know, feeling the guilt of them not being home with their family. And I think that's one of the things that is really difficult for both parents. You know, you're gone. You're missing those events. I mean, I remember seeing a commercial somewhere where they were talking on the phone and the babysitter said, yeah, little Jimmy took his first steps today. And the mom was just devastated that she wasn't there during that time. So there's dealing with all of that along with the pressure of, I got to get this done. I need to make a legacy. I've got 500 errands I'm supposed to run. 
you find a way to automate some of that stuff like you talked about. You can have your groceries delivered. You can have some of your bills paid automatically. You know, those things. And then, you know, even if it takes seeing a counselor to get past the guilt of not being able to spend time with your kids, even now, you can go online and talk to a counselor over the phone without even video. And um, so there's another, you know, trip to the store or, you know, trip to work that you can do to uh, to stop that overwhelming feeling that you have. Well, that's true because we can juggle things for a moment, but we're not meant to do it for a lifetime. That's right. I know it's easy to spin the plates and just be have that hurried life. And I think... You know, it's like we're like a house that's been built on a foundation. What does our foundation consist of? That's our past. That's right. And our past might say that finances equal lacking. And so I have got to get out there and prove myself, prove my place, climb that corporate ladder, hustle for my worth to show that, look, maybe we came from, you know, poverty, but I will show them. And you're not really showing anybody anything when we go from one extreme to the other. I know oftentimes it's easy to just try to juggle and and hustle and climb the ladder and we've got to stop like you said. You can do counseling by Zoom and figure out like where does that come from? Right. What the lies that we tell ourselves that we're not enough, somebody else could do a better job raising our kids and those lies they kill the journey. We are born and we die and we have that dash in the middle. Yep. Well, you know, you said they kill the journey, and I think what they really kill is the joy of the journey. You know, that's the part I think people are missing. You know, um, I tell people I haven't had a job in the last 20 years. It's not because I'm rich. It's because I get to show up to work in shorts and tennis shoes, and I get paid to hit balls at people. And most (laughs) of the time, those people are very attractive women. So that's not a job. You know, and that's it's something that I absolutely love. I'm very, very passionate about teaching. Um, I took a little bit of time off when we left Colorado and moved here. We had an academy out in Colorado that we gave up because I knew that Grace and then Eddie, when we got here, needed time with their grandparents. The grandparents weren't going to leave their home of, you know, 40 years or whatever. So we left Colorado and shut down the academy and moved here so that they could spend time with the grandparents and have that joy, not just you know, from the grandparents' side, but from the kids' side. My kids absolutely love going over to Grandma and Pawpaw's house. And my son is best friends, even though he's only 11 months old, with his Pawpaw. He lights up when he comes in the room. He cries when he leaves. I've got pictures of him riding on the John Deere lawnmower the other day. Papa wasn't cutting the grass. He was just taking Eddie for a ride on the lawnmower. He had already been out there cutting the grass for like six hours. So he didn't want to run the lawnmower, but he wanted to take him for a ride. And Eddie's got the biggest smile on his face. And the funny part is, so does Papa. And that's the joy of doing that. You know, cutting the grass is pretty mundane. You got to do it. You got to get it done. But now he's out there with his grandson who's having an absolute blast riding on the lawnmower with him. So that's the... That picture was the one thing, you know, when I saw the picture, I thought, that's the reason we left our life in Colorado and moved back to Georgia, was because of that right there. Eddie's only 11 months old. He may not remember it, but somewhere in his soul, that's in there. And that's going to change the way he acts 
as an adult. And I think that's just absolutely huge. Well, you have the second chance with this second set of kids. Um, What about your first set of kids? Um, Both of my kids are much older. Um, Both of them are successful in their own ways. Uh, My son is the president of a huge air conditioning company in Florida. They do air conditioning and heating. And uh, he he will probably kill me if I don't say that it's Spectrum Heating and Air Conditioning. (laughs) Um, He was a manager at a public store and then transitioned over into this. And my daughter has been working for the Sheriff's Department for 17 or 18 years in Florida. Wow. And I'm sure you're so proud of them. Oh, I am incredibly proud of them. And and I do something my dad never did for me when I was an adult. And I tell them constantly that I am very proud of not just the job they're doing, but because the people that they are. And I think whether it was because of me or in spite of me, they've turned into amazing people. They're, they're just amazing. My son has three kids. My daughter doesn't have any kids yet. So I've got three grandkids. And they're, they're just, it's incredible. They're, they're amazing people. And I think it's important, too, for kids to realize that, look, we're just humans. And we come from broken places, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're doing our best. And with each kid, I think, oh, I figured this out with, you know, kid number one. And then two weeks later, it doesn't work. That's right. You know, they're all custom. And I say I'm sorry a lot. Oh, yeah. And the first time I ever did that, the kids are like, what? You're mom. But it's okay. I mean, I'm wrong, too, sometimes. Sure. And, And we fail. And if we recognize it and then we just move on and we give ourselves grace, then they can look forward and go, oh, I can write my own story. Yeah. You know, I don't have to allow the self-doubt, the fear, other people's expectations, disappointment, all that to be the driving force for who I am, which creates that hustle worth and the people pleasing and all that stuff. Right. right? Yep. 100 percent. I agree with (laughs) what you just said. And I think. I think no matter how old your kids are, I think the ability to say I'm sorry or I made a mistake and that and and I've said that to Grace multiple times. You know, I've said I'm sorry Grace, that's daddy was wrong there. You know, let's go do this instead. Um but next time we'll do that. And I think that you know, people describe Grace and and it's one of the best compliments that I have is that she has a sweet soul. And I think that she's going on 4 years old as she likes to say, thinking about going to 4. Um, but she's really in her heart. She's probably about 15 or 16 years old and just the sweetest soul, so polite. And I think a lot of that has come from the grace, not just in her name, but that we have tried to create and, and bestow on her. And being able to say, I'm sorry, um, you know, I was wrong is a big thing. And it's a way to teach the kids to be able to do that, too, because I think a lot of times in this world, kids don't say that. To each other, and they don't give themselves a chance to say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake there, I was wrong. What a great example you are, too, that she'll look back on this and be like, oh, that was my why. My kids are my why. The people around me, they are the reason, that that one thing. So you have been such a joy, and I just appreciate your time. And Coach Bruce, I'm going to try to do better at tennis. I hope so. we got to work on your backhand a little bit. It's, <laughs> and more, now, it's more your footwork than anything, <laughs> And now the world knows. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Thanks, Coach Bruce. I appreciate you. Here's to living your best life. Hey, guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars and tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. 
You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Are you in the Phoenix area? Tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at 4 or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, here's to living your best life.